Episode 38 with Sam Miller and Dr. Casey Joe. In today's episode, Sam, Casey, and I cover a multitude of topics, including their P3 model, the parallels between mindset and metabolism, and some of the gaps that need to be filled within the current landscape of coaching education. These two are very brilliant, and I'm very excited to have them on the podcast, and I turn to them when looking into topics including hormone function, metabolism, and behavioral psychology. If you love the episode and would like to support the podcast, I would ask for you to please head over to iTunes or Apple Podcast, leave me a five-star review, leave the podcast a five-star review, rather, and tell a friend about the podcast. If you're here from Instagram, what's up? Share a screenshot if you can on your story. And be sure to tag me at Austin Current. Enjoy the conversation. I guess first off, where are you guys at currently? Where are you guys kind of stationed? Like live? Raleigh. Raleigh. Raleigh, okay. I didn't really know where you guys were. <laughs> yeah, we're in Raleigh. Okay. And you went to, where are you originally from, Casey? Minnesota. Oh. Can you hear it? A little, but not as much as <laughs> I thought I'd be. I've known <laughs> I've some people. I've been here for almost five years. So I feel like it, what I had maybe is diluted at this point, but yeah. I kind of hear it in your so, but... I've known some people from Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and it's the most interesting thing because you can go from Minnesota, Wisconsin area, and even like almost you're up into Canada, but almost as soon as you hit the Canadian border, it's gone, which is the weirdest thing ever. And then, cause I come from uh, Southern Indiana, but as you, the more North you go in Indiana, it even changes. <laughs> And then it's just all weird to me. So I wasn't really sure where you're from, but, um, but you kind of landed in North Carolina when you went to university or at least your doctoral program. Yeah. Came here for my PhD and then stayed here until who knows when. That was before the parole officer gave her the tracking device and the ankle monitor. That makes so much more sense. They won't let you even back in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed back. <laughs> Maybe that lot of Volkswagens that's like stuck that <laughs> can't drive, <laughs> don't don't pass emissions. Minnesota just has a lot of vehicles. A massive lot in like massive northern Minnesota yeah, for the tourists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were recalled. So Casey's also been recalled. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, I wanted to kind of start out with the... I, I texted Sam earlier kind of just saying... Well, mentioning kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit more and the kind of the main focus, but the gist of it, honestly, was kind of how you guys have are how you've been able to kind of mesh together both of you guys' experience and expertise to kind of create this integrated synergistic sort of model, um, you know, building off the the, the P3 model. Because um, obviously, Sam, you're big into kind of creating that the P3 model um, that I've, that, that I think that you're kind of the creator of that. Am I wrong there? <laughs> I did create that. Okay. <laughs> I hope. Otherwise, some, <laughs> I, I really do. <laughs> I spent a lot of time writing about it. So basically, I want to talk about kind of the origins of P3, um, kind of what that means briefly, Sam, because I know you can expand very you, we could have a whole episode on that. So I, I briefly kind of go over the P3 model, kind of what that means and what that represents, and then how you guys have transitioned that into working sort of as an integrated unit together using your background in psychology, Casey. So 
Yeah. And I'll, I'll tie it a little bit back to the theme of this podcast as well. Um, since we're looking at what kind of goes on outside of just fitness and the fitness industry, I think I found myself, uh, so the, the backstory behind this model is really just, I, I was in a really unique spot. A lot of, a lot of people know me for metabolism or physiology or hormones. And at the time I was taking some corporate wellness speaking opportunities or like fortune 500, like leadership type speaking engagements. And I was like, these people don't, really care about, you know, the nitty gritty of uh, metabolism or thyroid hormone or maybe even macros. How do I get them to understand how to reach the goals that they have? Um, and if you look around Instagram, you'll see, you know, the typical kind of following folks, you know, whether they want nicer glutes, maybe more muscular arms, uh, leaner abs. And those are all inherently very physical goals. And I was like, well, got to work backwards from that because in, in the time that I've spent coaching, I know that typically if a client's internal health and physiology is not aligned, it makes it exponentially harder to get to their physical goal. A great example of this would be the reason why we reverse diet. Um, and we actually, I recently spoke with Alex and Sue about this uh, with the PD team. Uh, so kind of shout out to Austin's crew. But, um, you know, we talk a little bit about reverse dieting. And so reverse dieting basically modulates that physiology or internal health, making it easier to reach our physical goal uh, of, you know, eventually being leaner through using nutritional periodization. So when we enter the deficit, we're more responsive to the deficit. That would be a great example of how physiology precedes our physical goal. And I wanted really tangible action items for clients because um, in, in Casey talks a lot about this with in terms of sub goals and um, goal setting in general and having the right mindset in your transformation, but this was actually prior to meeting Casey. And I found that there's, and there's a whole area of um, medicine and, and research on this called psychoneuroendocrinology, which is a big way of saying that your brain and your nervous system are connected to uh, your hormonal response and your metabolism. And so working backwards from a physical goal, I was like, well, if I need my clients to understand that I need to change their physiology, how do I actually do that in a tangible manner? And the most, um, the most traction that we can really create in a transformation is when we have control over a client's practices. So that would be getting more sleep, having a really good routine, um, or in case you can talk a little bit about how habits and routines are a little bit different, but having those tangible practices or things that are incorporated in your day, think of practices as actions that contribute to your physiology. Then I took it a layer further because I knew that it's not just about, well, I drink enough water today. If you don't have the proper, you know, perception and mindset around things or relationship to those behaviors, the relationship to the behavior is equally as important to the behavior itself. So whether that's tracking your food, whether that's the amount that you exercise, whether that's your community and your peer group, and if they're supportive of your goals, uh, that I classified as perceptions. So the way that we got to these P's is that your practices and perceptions will ultimately dictate your physiology. And that is really the uh, predetermining factor of your likelihood to reach your physical goal. So that's the P3 model in a nutshell. Um, and really, I just created it to try and simplify the fact that we have all these different areas that we try to focus on when we're trying to reach goals. Some people are, are teaching you about testosterone. Some people are teaching you about carb cycling. And other people are saying, well, you need to sleep this much. Oh, no, you need to meditate. Actually, you know, do yoga upside down. You know, there's so many, you're, you're given so many directions and instructions and understanding that they kind of fit in, in this very integrated 
a holistic approach to achieving your goals in life. And so that's, that's why I did it. But it was mainly because I had an audience that didn't understand physiology. They weren't, it's not like I walked into an exercise science lab at uh, a large university. It was really a lot of people who didn't have that background. But then at the same time, a lot of my clients, you know, as I coached more coaches were people that had that deep physiology background. So it's like, I need the sciencey people to understand the practicality of daily actions and, and things like that. And I need the people who are super practical in like a business setting, or maybe I'm coaching an executive to understand why science is important. And that's really where the two of those things kind of, or three of those things became married and kind of integrated into the approach that I use to steer people in the direction of, of where they want to go. Yeah, I like that a lot. And so when I thought about it originally, like when I listened to your your podcast episode, because I had heard it before and I I had read, because I've read your Hormone Blueprint uh, ebook and um, I had seen your P3 stuff, obviously you being here and hanging out and like we, us kind of shooting the shit around it and stuff like that. I knew the gist, but me listening to that podcast really helped me see it from both ends. So you explaining it in the way where you know, you had these, these folks like, you know, I, I think of kind of that talk you probably had at like LinkedIn, right? That yeah. you were like, well, these people don't give a shit about the physiology. They just want to know what practices can they and perceptions should they have? Um, so what practices can they implement and perceptions they can have to lead to a, a healthier all around physiology, better functioning physiology rather than just, again, like talking through a bunch of jargon to them that they wouldn't understand, which is, is super important. Um, and I, I, liked, I liked how it could go both ways. And I thought that was very, it was, it's very intuitive to understand. And sometimes um, I, I think that one of the hardest things for people on our side of, uh, kind of our side of the industry in terms of trying, our main thing is trying to educate others whether that be coaches, whether that just be our clients in general, on trying to have that transfer of knowledge, uh, which I think is one of the hardest things, whether you are a student at university, whether you are a client, you'll have people just talking at you. Um, and some are better teachers than others. And some, there's a difference in teaching and lecturing. Um, but some are better at getting that knowledge kind of beaten into your head. And there's a there's an easier way to transfer that knowledge from the book, for example, into the real world, into your practices and into your perceptions, for example. Um, Nick, Casey, did you want to kind of expand on, because you kind of brought up the habits and routines. Uh, I didn't want to, if you wanted to kind of expand on the difference there. And I was going to say one little thing that'll probably feed into what okay. you were going to say. Yeah. Um, just we have to remember too, so I know even... Austin, a lot of your following is very fitness centric, even though we talk about concepts greater than that. We have to remember there are people out there who would literally take a pill. Like if it got them to their physical goals, um, like looking good this summer, they might just, they would just say, Hey, give me a pill that does that. Mm -hmm. They don't have the, the they, they want the quick fix. They don't have the grit or the fortitude or resilience to really pursue it. Yeah, I'm setting you up because she's writing an article on that. So I'm just, this is like point card. <laughs> Here you go. Um, go alley-oop. Uh, so yeah, just the idea that some people would just take a pill if they could and try to reach their goals. 
And on Instagram, we see a lot of that. We, we see a lot of folks who are speaking solely about, you know, like macros over on the practice side and only talking about the physical goal side and none of the meaty stuff in between. Um, and I think one of the reasons that the three of us connect really well and, and our sort of friend group in the industry appears is because we, we sort of vibe on the, uh, some of the, the concepts that are a little bit more profound and, Casey's one of those people that talks about this. So. Mm, thank you. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sam decided to date me because I fit the P3 model very well. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But I don't she know. actually DM me first for the record. <laughs> and she goes, hashtag P3 or die. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Um, but no, what I do um, or what I did, what I researched in my PhD was essentially how our mindsets play a role and how often we exercise and how healthy we eat and how that plays a role in things like our habits and behaviors for the long run. Um, I got into all of this because I saw that we know as a population, we need to exercise, we need to eat healthy, but obviously not enough of us are doing it. Um, I also fell into fitness and health and fell in love with it like so many of us do and saw how much better it made me feel, how much better it made the rest of my life, how much more confident and strong I was in all aspects of life and wanted other people to feel the same too. So getting into grad school, that's what I really wanted to figure out. How do we get people to do more of this? Um, so I studied a lot of that around mindset, again, behavior change and health and fitness. And now with my PhD, I'm trying to do my best to kind of close the research to real world gap in my own coaching and also teach other coaches to kind of do the same along the lines of psychology, um, communication strategies, even what to put in like your weekly check-in forms to kind of help people get to the point where they want to change themselves and it's not you just always demanding change from them. I think as coaches, we could learn a lot and get a lot farther with our clients if we were asking more questions rather than just like instructing them what to do. So that's to your point, Austin, about being like an instructor or a coach or like, what does that look like? Or are you like a drill sergeant, you know? Um, so that's kind of like where all of my passion really lies um, in coaching from a more like holistic perspective and looking at all aspects of things, whether, whether that is like biofeedback or like how's the relationship going with your husband that you mentioned um but also like how are we doing with those physical goals that are kind of the cornerstone when it comes down to it like taking care of your body to move into taking care of your body to nourish it correctly so that's still sort of the cornerstone of everything but understanding that that there's so much more to it um and then yeah so i fit in very much so into the p3 model as far as perceptions go and your perceptions often lead to what you end up doing as far as like habits routines behaviors um and practices and that like Sam was explaining can lead into your physical goals as well um so what i think is interesting is we spend a lot of time, like you were saying, the um, with Sam's talk at LinkedIn and everything, people just want to know, like, they want to know the practices so they can get to the physical goal, but they forget that the perceptions are just as, if not more important too. And I think that this is something that's starting to become more popular just in the health and fitness space in general. Like you see so many people calling themselves mindset coaches and such, um, which I <laughs> don't have a huge problem with, but also coming from um, a degree that I basically, like I, I worked in the mindset lab. Um, so it's just interesting to me that it's kind of proliferating the space in that way. Um, and would be curious to see like how people are truly helping their 
clients get to a more like growth mindset versus fixed mindset, or if they're just quite literally throwing it in their Instagram bio because it looks pretty. Um, Anyway, (laughs) sort of a tangent, but uh, so that's how I kind of fit into the perceptions part um, and then how that leads into obviously your practices because the way you think about things, the things that you tell yourself, the things that you tell to others, quite literally will come into your life and that shows up in your practices and that can lead to your physical goals. Yeah, great breakdown. Thank you. And I think, so there's a couple of things that I want to touch on. Um, So last week I talked well, last week for me, as this airs, it won't be last week, but um, the, my episode with Cody McBroom, we talked about um, kind of going over how to individualize and tailor the coaching method, right? So he, his huge rebrand and, you know, trying to get that word out there. And so we had a conversation about tailoring and individualizing an approach to a client and kind of what went into that from a nutritional and training perspective. But I want to touch with you on the sense of, or one thing that we kind of talked about was the longer you coach, it seems that the better you get at just asking better questions and more questions. And I often say on this podcast that the success lies in the metrics you're tracking. And so, you know, that obviously feeds right into the perceptions part of that P3. So how you're measuring um, either your own progress on yourself or your own progress versus another, if you're kind of a competitive person, I think is huge, but success ultimately lying within the metrics tracking. And so by asking better questions, asking more questions, you can basically kind of shift, start to shift that perception that someone's having or that perspective someone's having on their own progress uh, a little bit better for them. Is that something that you're seeing as you start to ask more, more and better questions, or is that something that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's truly like the purpose of more and better questions, right? Is to really get at what is the underlying mechanism here, or what is the psychological underpinning that we're really trying to get at? Um, instead of just being like, hey, go, hey, macros look good this week, weight look good, like see you next week, or like, hey, just adjust your macros this way, like sounds good, talk to you in seven days. Um, instead, like if people are struggling or Um, I don't know how many coaches truly like get on the phone with their clients or actually take the time to even, even in email conversations, or if you use Boxer or whatever, to actually have a conversation and build a connection with the client. But that could be a huge game changer for attention, for success, for adherence, um, and all those metrics as well. But that is truly at the end of the day, the purpose of these kinds of questions is to get them not even get them, right? Because that's like the wrong way. Have them realize their own potential and their own strengths and bring that out of them and like kind of guide them so they realize it themselves. So they're all of a sudden saying like, oh, well, what if we did this and I did this and I think I need to change this or I think if I did this, I'd be better at this. And you can go, yeah, cool. Now, how are you going to do that? Um, Something that I do with my clients is have them set like very small goals every week and it can be pertaining to health and fitness. It can be anything in their lives. And it typically does end up being having nothing to do with like food or fitness. And it's things like journal three times a week, or I want to work on my self-care this week or communication with my husband this week. Um, And something that I like to do then is take that a step further and really figure out like, okay, well, how are you going to do that? Don't just tell me you're going to work on self-care this week. When is that going to be? Are you going to put it in your calendar? What do those activities look like? Because chances are, if you don't kind of walk through that process with them, they'll come back to you next week and be like, 
uh, kind of, maybe, because like they didn't even really know what it was, right? They didn't define it, define it themselves. Um, so asking the right questions, asking clarifying questions, asking more questions, but also being careful of the questions that you are asking, right? Because you don't want it to come off as like ever come off of that like you're saying like, oh, what's wrong with you? Or um, like, what are you doing wrong kind of situation? Um, but more so questions along the lines of like, okay, well, if you started to do this thing that you just said that you might want to change, like how would your life look better? And just start to already get them into the position, get them into the mindset of what their life would look like if things were to go successfully, but also making sure, and I did a whole post about this today with positive thinking, that's not always positive because you're so focused on the successful outcomes that you don't take a second to be like, okay, what are the setbacks though? What are the obstacles? These things are inevitable. Like that's accepting reality. Now let's plan for when those things crop up, what do we do so we can continue on the goal? So keeping in mind um, with those specific questions that when you're asking them about like, picture how this would be absolutely ideal and everything goes well and your weight loss goals are achieved by the specific date you set out, but also going back and being like, okay, but what happens when you have to go to your nephew's wedding? What happens when you're going to Barbados for a week? You know, so like really going through that, um, they call this in the literature, if then plans. So it's like, if this were to arise, then what are you going to do? And actually taking the time to talk through that with your client or having them like they're asking for journal prompts or something like that's a beautiful journal prompt um, to take some time to really think about. Um, but yeah, so that's where I think the power of questions really lies. And Austin, I think you'll, I think you'll like this is, you know, I think we see this even, I think Ryan holiday even talks about this, but like it sort of shows up as if then, but in stoicism where you like intentionally let go of things and take like a minimalistic approach for a short period of time, just to, sort of um, appease the fears in your mind, like mm -hmm. if everything were to go wrong and you sort of just yeah. adopt that for a short period of time. Um, also, I've seen some very successful people do this with like contingency plans. So like if everything were to go wrong, like they know what they would have to do if they had to start mm -hmm. all over again, um, which is really interesting because they're, they're very driven towards this positive outcome, but they also know what to do if things were to go wrong. And I think there's power on both sides and you just have to be careful of how you wield the power of, well, what would it look like if you were to accomplish these things you're setting out to do? But also a key driver can be, um, you know, the current uh, experience that they're having or current pain that they're experiencing. What would it be like if, what would your, your what would your life be like a year from now if you don't change this? You don't habit, change, right? Correct? Yeah, that's, that's also um, that contrast. Right. So just having the, I, I think what, um, you know, the key theme, and we chatted about this recently too in, a, in another podcast, is all of these things contribute, whether, um, you know, it's the strategic questions or conversation to building self-awareness uh, in a client and also having some self-awareness in your coaching. And so whether we're talking about the model or a lot of Casey's research, um, I think that that's like a major theme that seems to be continuously coming up for us. And those contrasting questions can be a great way to create self-awareness around mm -hmm. how your feelings that are the attachment to that goal um, or the attachment to that failure and some of the fears that might be mixed into that, um, I think can be pretty powerful as well uh, in, in determining what's truly driving you or uh, the consequences of the choices that you're making and the behaviors that you're engaged in. Yeah, I, I think too, because to, to kind of pull some, some things out of that. Um, one, I, I love the if then setup, uh, because I actually just use that, 
uh, this past week with a client that was heading uh, on a brief kind of weekend holiday with their family. And a big thing was, hey, I'm going here. And this is one of the only opportunities I have to eat X, Y, and Z foods that I really, really love. And so I, and there was a few other things, but the big thing that was the, the lesson and that I tried to give her advice on was kind of setting up that if then scenario of, I have no problems whatsoever. We're in a great spot to go ahead and, you know, in, enjoy these, this time with your family, enjoy these foods that you, you love, but also remember a few other things, but set yourself up preceding that event with kind of if then statements or if then situations that kind of could arise um, or you could kind of forecast into the future of, I know when I go out with my family, like, like my mom's family, for example, they love to uh, go out and have a drink. Uh, and maybe like when my, my mom and stepdad were here, like Cass and I planned out a entire afternoon into the evening, basically of, okay, we're going to hit up a series of breweries and just, we're just going to enjoy some drinks throughout the afternoon and evening leading up to the hockey game we went to. And that was one of those things that I already knew when my family was coming into town, this is going to happen. Like my mom and, and stepdad are what they're going to want to do this. So what can I do from my mental standpoint as I'm trying to kind of go through a recomp myself and get myself back into a position that I enjoy to be in um, from a physical and strength standpoint, just overall mentality standpoint, how can I set myself up to make the best of the situation? And so a lot of if then statements kind of came, came to mind and okay, if this happens, then I'll do this sort of, this sort of thing. Um, but it worked well with that client. She emailed me back and said, thank you. That was great advice. So I, I love the, if then, uh, the, if then statement there. Um, and then just to kind of expand on all of this stuff, I want to kind of transition into what you guys are kind of doing as an integrated unit as educators and coaches and thought provoking leaders in the sense of like trying to put the things together. Right. So we have different ends of this continuum that there's so much that lies in between them that we need to piece together for coaches uh, and, or just overall just clients in general or people in general interested in improving their health and fitness. So what is this thing that you guys are working on? So the, the coaching compass, what is that? Um, and how are you guys kind of integrating everything together as far as that goes? I think um, it kind of was born out of the fact that Sam and I both saw the similar gap that was just out there as far as like certifications go, mastermind programs go. Um, you get a lot of just like the basic nutrition science, um, maybe a little bit, of, or if you do a mastermind program, right, that's like all business strategies all the time. Um, and with this, we saw a severe gap as far as it comes to actually communicating with your clients, like working towards behavior change, like the psychology end of the spectrum, but also missing out on a lot of like the metabolism science and hormones. And that's the stuff that Sam is really good at. Um, so kind of like blending this like mindset metabolism sort of stuff and turning that into something, finding that there was that gap there. And we both had like, could provide the expertise together to teach those things. And also understanding that they cannot be separated, right? Like we can't separate the mind from the body. So putting it together into one program and explaining it in that fashion on how like even things like stress, right? 
yes, you have a massive like physiological response, but a lot of that has to do with your perceptions and your mindset and how you're handling it psychologically. Um, so that's kind of where the coaching compass was born out of is just this idea of finding the gap in the industry and hearing it from other people too, saying, you know, I did precision nutrition or I did this other certification and was really missing out on this component or the other. And we thought to ourselves, like, this is, this is a massive opportunity, really. Yeah, and I think of it a lot in terms of stress modulation and like balancing of tension. So, um, you know, Austin's obviously very well known for like training execution and uh, being an educator and, and speaking in terms of how we're loading the body and the tension that's being placed there. And a lot of times we don't think about the integration or intersection point or crossroads of psychological tension and physical tension. And so our metabolism is sort of this reflection or barometer of stress. Um, and our mindset is sort of our ability and our resilience to manage that stress. And so as coaches, as facilitators, by asking the right questions, by providing accountability, by providing strategy, by providing support, um, we're basically modulating stress for clients, whether it's training stress, nutritional stress in the form of a caloric deficit, whether it's helping them with their life, with those if-then statements that we were just discussing, all of it really comes back to those things. And when I think back to my initial education, sure, I learned what training volume was or um, what a repetition was or sets or rest periods. Uh, you, you read about ATP or like the Krebs cycle. Um, but a lot of those things aren't, they're not the big rocks in day-to-day -day life. Uh, and, you know, in terms of, from a mindset perspective, that's certainly not covered quite as much in your traditional nutrition um, or training cert. But I think what kept popping up for me is how life really can influence metabolism and, and your, your physiology or internal health or metabolism can sort of then influence your life on the other side too because when you feel good when you have energy when your body's giving you that it does make it a bit easier to handle the, the tasks at hand for that day or to have a good training session um and so it, it's sort of like it, it's really hard to find where one ends and one begins they just sort of begin to blend together and so um casey's expertise and uh, area of focus you know really uh, was on that mindset side and we saw a gap there. And then in terms of metabolism, I think how people teach uh, metabolism, so I'm sort of working through a, a model right now in terms of just teaching how like the dimensions of metabolism and how it's multifaceted and uh, taking everyone who argues on the internet about like calories in calories out and hormones and all these things and like synthesizing that into something that's actually digestible for people that also takes into account that like, Hey, your, your brain matters. Um, you know, all of these things are, you know, integral to your success. I, I like that a lot. And I think one of the biggest things, so I've, I've gone through a, a lot of education uh, over the past six or so years and whether it was certifications or my, my degree, um, we didn't talk about metabolism past the point of generally just defining what, it, what that was and a few things that play into it. Right. And then we didn't, we didn't even start to talk about or integrate what hormones do uh, and how they affect your metabolism and then how your, your mental framework and perceptions of things or your perspective on things or how that psychological load uh, is basically altering the, 
what you're feeling from a physical standpoint. And I can personally attest to what you guys are starting to chip away at and work on and bring to the industry. And I'm really excited about it because one, it's been a glaring hole in my own education. I would say that I'm a fairly articulate uh, and like intellectual person when it comes to training and nutrition and understanding all of that. But there's a glaring hole in my own education when it comes to uh, understanding the depths of metabolism and hormone function and uh, mindsets uh, and the psychology of things when it comes to coaching. And that's a huge thing that I want to kind of fill with my own coaching. So I think it's something great you guys are doing. And then also in uh, over the past couple of years, I've gone through um, you know some professional changes and or a series of kind of peaks and valleys professionally. And there was definitely a year in there where I was living that the, I was living kind of that and within that P3 framework, right? I, I, my, my practices were off. Um, I had moved and my wife and I were used to moving, but I had moved and I was just around a different environment. I was around a different energy. And so that took a hit on my practices. I went from biking a few miles a day and taking over around 10,000 steps or over a day to taking less than a thousand steps per day for an entire year. And just that transition from 2017 into 2018, for example, that one practice then had a downstream effect into how I was then perceiving and what my perceptions were of myself physically. And then I took a shape that physically that I've never taken before. Um, and I started to put on body fat and lose muscle tissue. And there was the, all these downstream effects, which then again, started to have and take place or take hold on my physiology, which I, again, like I, I understand how to get myself into great shape and stay in great shape, but there's something to what you guys are, are bringing to the table. And I think that's special. And, um, that's something that I'm personally wanting to, to expand on within my own coaching. So I'm excited that you guys are, you guys are doing that. And it's great that you have the self-awareness there. And also, though, we're talking about, you know, for those of you who are listening, you know, whether it's at home, in the car, um, at the gym, it, Austin is, is an expert in the field in so many things. And so just think about the millions of people out there who don't have over six plus years of education, who don't have a glorious beard, who <laughs> don't know about training execution, you know, like how to get back, like Austin knows how to get in shape. You know, he's competed with, you know, elite individuals in the world and, and is very good at those things and also knows his body has um, a certain level of kinesthetic awareness. Like there are so many individuals that never even have come close to having that level of traction or momentum with anything physical in their life, whether it's sports, whether it's um, moving, walking, like some people don't even know what like a walking practice can contribute to their health. Yeah let alone stepping on stage, you know, to, you know, at the professional level. So there's, there's a huge contrast there. And to, to show that, I think, I mean, I've, I've experienced this. Um, I know, I know Casey's early on, you talk about your black sheep years, mm -hmm. you're going through kind of changes there. And that's why transformate a model, a framework should be able to be applied to everyone, whether Austin's end goal is different than Casey's or different than mine or different than yours. If you're uh, listening to this right now, uh, and I think it's really important that that we're able to do that and, and place different individuals and place different personalities 
into something and still understand it. Because what I see a lot of it is for the folks who do teach in the industry, and this is really not their, their fault. It's probably just how they were educated. It becomes very mechanistic. And we're looking at these silos of, okay, well, someone is like a body transformation coach, or maybe they do teach, you know, one specific area. And then they hone in on that because being, being in a niche is rewarded from a business perspective. And I've certainly seen that and witnessed that firsthand, but that doesn't necessarily mean from an education standpoint, that that's the most comprehensive or holistic or functional when it comes to making real life changes for, for clients. Um, and I think I've even seen John Berardi talk about this too. So this is where having some ability to generalize and make things less complicated, not more complicated can be really helpful for people. But um, and, you know, Austin, I think I was fortunate to come into your life as you were kind of like trying to hit, you were basically hitting this upswing again after having different types of pressure and stress and changes in your activity. But you also hit a point of realization where you're like, I don't like this. I don't, my, this is not my life. And I'm going to slowly dig myself out of this place that I've, I've sort of been in um, to, for your happiness and, and your health and, you know, all of those different facets. And I, I appreciate you being there at that time. I remember, um, I, I won't go too far into this, but I, I just remember that time, like we had never officially talked and I was just like, you know what? I'm reaching out. I'm doing this. We're going to get on the phone. We're going to talk. And we had a great conversation, which led into more conversations, which led into you flying out and hanging out and, um, it's just having a good time, which I, I'm very appreciative of. And again, like for those listening, if you find yourself in a hole or in a place you don't want to be, it fucking sucks. Like it's, it, it, it can really, really suck. Um, but what I can say is one thing that works really well for me was trying to distance myself as best I could from the source of what was stressing me out. Um, the source of what was basically lending all of this, uh, or most of it, I wouldn't say all of it, a lot of it, um, I have to take responsibility for it. But the source of it, I needed to distance myself from that, but I couldn't stop there. I had to then reach out and form a network that I had really lost touch with and form these relationships or um, even rebuild some that I'd had for years and years uh, that I've had to since rebuild over the past couple of years because during that time where I was finding myself and I dug myself into this trench of sorts, um, I, I had to crawl out of it slowly. And so distancing myself from that source itself and then building relationships and culminating these, these things that basically helped. I, it wasn't just up to me to climb out of it. I had others helped, helping lift me as I climbed. And that was, that was a huge thing. Um, and I wanted to kind of expand on that and ask, ask you guys, because uh, you kind of mentioned this M squared that's missing, right? The mindset and the metabolism part. That's your new, uh, <laughs> that's your new thing there, uh, the P3 and M squared model. Um, so I wanted to ask and kind of expand on that mindset and metabolism part of things. And what are other things? Because I kind of overheard some things that you were talking about together on a podcast. And so what are some things that you see as kind of a glaring gap or a missing piece within the, or a knowledge gap within the current landscape of fitness coaches? Um, I definitely think just uh, not under, I think we get a lot of the science, like Sam was saying, like mitochondria or the Krebs cycle or 
proteins, carbs, fats, you know, we get, <laughs> we get all this stuff, but that's not easily translatable to clients. And number one, we're not taught how to translate it in the first place. Um, it's great. And it's fun for us because we love this shit. Right. Um, but then how do we actually go about utilizing this to help our clients? And it's fun to understand like the, the underlying like mechanisms for it all, but to actually help it use it to help our clients. Like no client is coming in and saying like, Oh, tell me all about the the powerhouse of the cell. I want to know about the mitochondria. You know, no one is doing that. Um, so instead trying to figure out the like more softer sciences, right. And that is like psychology, sociology, um, things that I, honestly I'm biased of course, but don't think get enough credit. Um, and that's where I think is missing a lot in the education. And I've even talked to folks who've gone through med school or have gone through a dietetics degree, and they are not taught how to have a, a solid connection and communication with patients, with clients. Um, and it's like, it's even just like bedside manner and doctors going into patients and talking to them now, it's you're in and out of the room in five minutes, you know, and we're, we're talking about coaching, but this is, I'm just going to say like, this is broad spectrum. This is like across the board in the health field. Um, the systemic issue you're talking right, about. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I think that that's just like something that is definitely missing and um, just like learning more how to speak to people. And again, going back to like the questions, ask the right questions. So it, so they are coming out with their strengths and figuring out where their priorities are without you kind of putting the impetus on to them and like figuring it out for them um, is probably what is missing most in my mind. Um, because if we want true behavior change, if you want to change your lifestyle, you need to understand and have that self-awareness, right? And those self, that self-awareness can come out of those questions if someone's asking them to you. Um, and getting to the point where you understand like where you want to change, how you want to change, and then bringing that to your coach and formulating some sort of plan together rather than the coach just kind of imploring a plan onto you. Yeah. What do you, why do you think, I want to ask you both, why do you think that is? And like, why is that gap as big as it is? And is it purely based on education? Cause I went through two years of dietetics. So basically I started my degree out, um, within exercise science and kind of had goals and aspirations of becoming a physician assistant. And then I did, learned more and more how much clinical work, uh, especially from the, the physician side or the, the, even the nursing side was like, definitely not my speed. And then I did two years of dietetics. And then I, then I learned that, okay, the clinical definitely is not for me. And this is not where I should be. And there's, there's much better suited individuals for this job that I was in school with. And I'm just like, I got to get out of this. And so I, I found myself back into the exercise science and physiology uh, realm. But during my time within dietetics and preparing to go uh, and, and study to be a physician assistant, for example, like there aren't, there isn't that in me kind of making the translation or the connection within fitness coaches. Um, Cause we do have a, a large audience of, of fitness coaches that um, I would say a majority of the fitness co coaches are in the audience and all of them are actually in the audience. Every, every, <laughs> every well, fitness coach. Yeah, that's a good point. You know one. what? I'm basically in between thoughts and I'm trying to bridge. So that's, I know you can, I know you both can respect that. Um, so basically the big thing here I'm trying to get to, uh, why do you think that is? And why do you think there's a gap there is because there's, 
there's little badge of honor there. There's little to, to track in terms of metrics of like, look how much I've, look how good of a people person I am. Like, look how happy my clients are. Do you, I mean, is that a big part of it? I think that's a big part of it really. Um, because I mean, you can ask, right. But like to put it on like a, you lose so many, so many pounds or you like have brought your caloric deficit down to whatever, like this is all numeric and quantitative. Whereas we're looking at more qualitative information. Um, and we don't really know, especially if you don't come from any like psych psychology background or anything like that, how to ask the questions and then how to quantify that and turn that into something, um, to like show progress. Right. So we like, numbers. We like black and white. We don't like the gray area. Um, and I think that that's probably a huge part of it. And then also just not fully understanding how powerful things like thoughts and mindset and all of that really is and thinking what, what the most powerful tools are, are changing their calories or changing their training or whatever. Um, but understanding that like it all kind of starts with their thoughts, their self-awareness, which then with like the P3 model, um, can go down the line to changing things like your practices, your physical health, um, and all of that. And just not understanding that connection between things like the mind and the body, right? Like we say that all the time, like, Oh, mind and body are connected. But as a coach, are you really like thinking about that all the time? Are you really utilizing that sort of knowledge with your clients on a week to week basis? Like maybe not. So. Yeah, I think it's multifaceted. I think when you when you know a lot or you can sort of rattle off some of this advanced material um it, it sort of does lend itself to kind of being a badge in a way but i would argue it's significantly harder to simplify complex yeah. science and being someone that tries to do it a lot it's really you got to think laterally a lot you have mm -hmm. to use models and you have to use analogies and i this is just uh, speaking from my experience, but you know, I find that I, I wouldn't say that I, I know inherently more metabolism or physiology than a lot of people. There are probably people, there are definitely people out there who know more about it than I do, or I've had more formal training in it in a way, but an inability to articulate it or sort of use analogies to help reach people um, I think, you know, you can have great information that can fall on deaf ears. So sometimes, you know, what, what I kind of propose is I might know 80% of the hundred percent of the information, but I'm communicating a hundred percent of that 80%. Whereas there are folks who know a hundred percent of the information, but can only communicate 50% of it. Uh, and so there's definitely a gap there when it, I think the soft skills are very important to like being able to speak on it, to write about it. Uh, to interact and, and sort of have some intuition in terms of what's needed uh, can be incredibly important. I think, I think they're both pretty equal. I, I think you can't have um, zero science or, or zero understanding of, of what's working uh, inside the body or in the brain. But I think the underrated side for sure, uh, is especially, you know, some soft skills, because the art typically of coaching really. yeah the art of coaching i think sometimes people are looking well this person looks the best or they're the most ripped year round and then the other side is well this person you know has uh, some they're a rocket scientist right mm -hmm. so it's like where's the in between and uh making those soft skills uh a bit sexier in terms of that but i think really it's it's in the delivery and it's in the ability to 
digest the content and digest the material. So uh, I think people are, are making a transition. There's definitely a, a wave um, that's sort of happening. I mean, you mentioned like Cody trying to sort of tailor things for people. There's a lot of folks in our sort of network or friend group that are sort of making a push in that direction. But I think it is hard. I think in some ways, certain elements of it are unconventional. Um, I think sometimes people look at things very linearly. Uh, there are there are a lot of quantitative elements to a transformation measurements, scale weight, PRs, all quantitative in a way. Um, and so having some really solid qualitative, qualitative elements of a transformation, I think are super important. And building that into coaching can be really, uh, it can be really telling. Yeah, I think there's kind of a throttle limiter on where we're currently headed towards in the sense of like, that's why I'm so excited about what you guys are, what you guys are doing is because you guys are filling a huge gap because we, I think we could get a room full of a hundred coaches. And I, I think at least 90 of them would agree that one of the most important things within everything is adherence. And maybe a hundred of the hundred would say that. And, but it stops there. Okay. Adherence is great how do I get adherence from other people? And that's kind of expanding on what you were mentioning. We have to then flip the script and it's not, it's less on us and more on educating that client coming in on how to ask themselves better questions or how to, and again, not telling them how, what goals they should have or telling them that these, you know, X, Y, and Z are the most important things, but how to, I guess, ask better questions and more questions based around getting those clients there on their own. And so that's probably one of the hardest things and biggest things is kind of that adherence thing. So, and I have a pretty good example of that for those of you who are at home, like, well, where does, where's the line here? So I'm going to use uh, testosterone as an example, since a podcast came out on that uh, today, as we're recording this and I could rattle off to a client. Well, cortisol inhibits star protein. Star protein is actually a steroidogenic acute regulatory protein that will actually be responsible for cholesterol transfer in the mitochondria. So that's actually what's happening here with your testosterone levels versus, okay, well, let's, let's evaluate your stress levels, your testosterone levels, what's going on here. Are you, there's different forms of stress. There's under eating, we could be getting lack of sleep. Um, what, what is your work stress like? Uh, and so some low hanging fruit here, like the particular client I'm thinking of was drinking entirely too much bang. So lots of caffeine <laughs> impacting sleep. Um, also, you know, we, we've got a lot of, uh, corticosteroids, catecholamines kind of floating around there. Uh, we also needed to reverse diet. So by adding more food, we're pulling tension off the body. These are all like really like basically areas of low hanging fruit without necessarily having to rattle off what's going on at this like cellular level, getting a client to understand, Hey, there is some science as to why you're feeling this way and the symptoms that you're experiencing but let's pick like three specific actions. And so for this particular client out of his five things, um, or this is also something that I, I will teach coaches to implement with their clients. You know, he, when he did his check-in, it wasn't about, you know, there were some photos there and we had some measurements, but it was more about, Hey, I had a consistent bedtime and consistent wake time every day this week. Um, here's what I did in terms of my healthy fats and my intake from a caloric standpoint relative to my macros. And, um, overall, like where stress has been 
and things of that nature because he's actually changing roles in his profession um, as an actor. So there's a lot that goes into what's making that science sort of come to fruition in real life, um, but making it super tangible and giving that client traction so they don't feel overwhelmed because otherwise they like see labs or they feel the symptoms and it's really easy to get down on yourself about that and be like, oh shit, like this isn't good. Um, so that just for you guys who are listening at home, like if you're wondering, okay, well, what, what science do I need to know and how do I need to talk and, and all of those things, you can know both sides, but just, you know, you situationally using that information and, and how you're sort of speaking it into existence for your client and, and letting them know on like a need to know basis, like then it's, or if they have questions like why definitely tell them why don't not tell them. if he's like, well, why, why does this, I mean, I have, I have a lot of clients who want to know like how the clock works versus just telling them what time it is. So if they want to know why they're reverse dieting or why they're, um, you know, testosterone levels are low, certainly tell them. But, um, I always bring it back to habits to kind of like zooming in and giving them the detail, but then like 10,000 foot view, here are your priorities this week. And so I bring it back to like critical tasks and stuff on like a daily basis. So and something that can be good too, is having them sort of pick out the tasks too. You know, like, what do you think you need to do this week in order to, after all of this we've talked about, it sounds like you want to do X, Y, Z, like summarize everything that you guys talked about, then ask the client, like, what are like three things you could do this week to start working towards that and see what they come up with. Right. And so it's more or less their idea. And again, once, once again, not you exactly prescribing it. So that can be a good opportunity for them to kind of start to make up their own goals too. This is all reminding me of the movie Big Daddy, where like the little kid, you know, this is Adam Sandler movie, and uh, so he starts to have like these good habits. Julian to get a little Julian gets a little <laughs> cleaner, and he can do the catch up thing and or, or the snot thing where it goes to the ground, comes back up. That's maybe not cleaner, but he's like he comes out. He's so excited at one point, <laughs> or like when he's sad and he's like, "Sonny, like you have to be my dad. Like I wipe my own ass. I wipe my own ass. Like." You want your clients to get to the point where like they want to wipe their own ass um, versus just telling them to wipe their ass. So for you those want of them you to Adam be fans, proud of themselves and not you just always saying, I'm proud of you. Right. And so, you know, this client was super excited, but like I didn't necessarily start off by telling him, you know, about every single thing that he put on that list. And this week he was like super pumped. He's like, hey, dude, I ate more avocado than peanut butter like out of his healthy fat total. Right. And I was like, I didn't even tell you to do like, I, I mean, I didn't tell him to do that, but he was so excited about it. And, uh, you know, so you'll have moments like that as a coach. And so like, I, that's way cooler for me than, you know, uh, you need to eat this carbohydrate for your like exact thing. Right. So I don't know that for whatever reason, that movie, coaching voice. I, had, I don't have a mean coaching <laughs> voice. <laughs> um, I'm probably, yeah. I said, well, Austin thinks I'm recording podcasts like huddled up in the corner. So he's like, you're in a closet. I'm in a Harry Potter closet. I just think you look like Gollum when you record podcasts. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. I'm glad we're recording this uh, with video as well. So Austin can go back and in between watching The Office, he can view the... Uh, the comedic moments from, from this podcast. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why it made me think of that movie, but just in terms of clients achieving autonomy and like wanting to be uh, at that place. So 
I think empowering them as critical thinkers is a good idea. Uh, so, I mean, we'll, we'll wrap this up here soon, but I think empowering them as critical thinkers is huge. And again, like leading them more or less to the answers themselves. And I think if you can, one of the biggest things I think you can do as a, a coach or an educator is essentially lead someone or empower them to critically think to the, to the answer. And then you can just pull, pull yourself out. And it's like, now you are autonomous and I don't need credit. I don't need anything other than you to stay autonomous and you keep doing your thing. And that's, that's what I need. Like as a coach, that's the recognition I need is knowing that I was able to kind of push you and empower you to be able to better understand, better, better critically think through these things. And I think that's a big thing in terms of being able to ask clients questions and then helping them start to listen better as well. Um, so listening to what you're saying. So, you know, as Sam, you're, you're talking about uh, kind of the inner workings at the cellular level of testosterone and maybe why that's being downregulated. Yes, they need to be, if they're interested and they're asking why, they need to be listening to that but they need to be listening in a certain way and being able to, so when you're asking them, okay, what this week could you do based on their answer, you can tell how well they listened. <laughs> did they yeah. just pick out star protein or did they pick out the fact <laughs> that they're drinking too much bang, their cortisol levels are too high, their calories are too low, et cetera. So kind of teaching them how to listen and teaching them how to think. For the record on this podcast, I'm not anti-caffeine by any means. And Austin and I certainly consumed <laughs> copious amounts of caffeine while together, but there is a, <laughs> there can be too much of a good thing for sure. Um, and you know, that example was definitely very nitty gritty guys, but it was more just to have a stark contrast between like a regular conversation and the science there. But you can definitely tell, you know, by the type of questions that clients are asking for sure. Awesome. Well, let's kind of wrap this thing up. And so I want to kind of lead into um, where your guys are going to be when this launches. So right now, where can people kind of come and find you uh, kind of leaning into the, the Arnold uh, over the weekend here um, in saying that. So if you guys are listening right now and you guys are around uh, Columbus, you guys are around the Arnold uh, go scope these guys out. They have a, a seminar and I'll let you guys kind of tell me about that or tell us about that. Yep. So we will have a event at the Arnold called science to clients. It's uh, primarily designed for coaches or folks who are maybe looking to become a coach, get some, ex you know, get exposed to different industry topics and concepts there. Uh, and that will be on Friday during the Arnold weekend at Arnold sports festival 2020. And uh, we'll have a uh, whole number of different folks. We'll have Chris Barricat, Lacey Dunn, Will, Will Grazione, Casey and myself, uh, Jordan Duggar and Aaron Diamond, and uh, Dasha as well, uh, all presenting on kind of unique topics, mix of both science and business as it pertains to coaching. In terms of following us, um, I'll let Casey kind of mention her handles, and then I've got a longer list of stuff, so I'll save it for... <laughs> For the last yeah, and we'll the, give Austin some links for the show notes. As the well. uh, the seminar that we're talking about too is on that Friday from noon to three thirty. It is all of the 
it's $80 a person, but everything is 100% going to charity. Um, we're still battling over like what charity things are going to go to, but know that it'll be a very nice charitable cause. Um, so it'd be awesome to see you guys there, meet some people in person. Um, as far as where to find me, I pretty much hang out on Instagram solely right now. Um, I'm at Kate Coach. Jeez, I almost said my old one. At <laughs> Coach Casey Joe. Um, working out and getting my website revamped right now, so I don't have anything like that. And I don't tweet and take pictures of the tweets and put them on my Instagram, so I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> but damn it, Sam. <laughs> I, hey, the it's trend. the people the, give the people what they want. Unpopular but, truths just being slung <laughs> over here. Oh, that's it. Well, I've only, I have one unpopular truth post where I said that unpopular truth posts were not that good. Um, so you're good on where, where to find Casey. <laughs> yeah. You can also find Casey on two episodes of my podcast, there which is know. Sandler Science on iTunes, Spotify, you know, all those good places you find podcasts. Uh, Upcoming episode on, too. I'm asking so. you. I'm asking oh yeah. She's also hosting. So around the time that this comes out, uh, there will be a Q&A episode where she's sort of facilitating some questions about a client and I'm sort of in the hot seat. So hashtag role play. Uh, so then oh. moving <laughs> moving forward. Uh, so on Instagram, Similar Science, my website is SimilarScience.com. Uh, we'll have some new links and stuff for you up through there. Uh, as this approaches, we usually do post an application for a limited period of time as we're doing mentorship and different programs. Uh, I've got a new uh, sort of revamped version of my ebook coming out that will be metabolism focused, uh, also a mini course, Metabolism Made Simple. So I'll hook Austin up with some links, but also great place for Casey and I both is if you start at Instagram, you will find those other resources. If you're a coach and you listen to this podcast, uh, we do put out a lot of information for free, not only on Instagram, but um, I have a free Facebook group for coaches called the Nutrition Coaching Collaborative. Uh, which is a community right now. We've got about 750 or so coaches in there, I think, as, as of the time this podcast is, is dropping. So definitely we encourage you guys to grab some free stuff as well. If you're in Ohio and you want to contribute to the contribute to the cause, as Casey mentioned, we'll be donating for that as well. So super excited to meet some of you guys in person. And uh, I think that's it, right? Any other places to find us? No, on a dog walk. Probably. If you guys live in Raleigh, if you're listening, uh, look for dog parents. <laughs> uh, also, I just want to mention too, uh, if you guys are, so you guys are listening currently, obviously to my podcast, uh, Life Beyond Fitness. And if you're on iTunes, I know it works like this. If you scroll all the way down on the uh, podcast page, like the main page of the podcast, if you scroll all the way down, it says listeners also subscribe to. And Sam is right up there with uh, kind of the most like podcast of mine next to uh, Matt McLeod's. So um, basically you're number two there in terms of people that subscribe to both of our podcasts. I think we have quite a- That's experience. interesting. It is super interesting. Aww. That's like, that's such a good feeling. Podcast buddy. Podcast neighbors. Uh, no, that's really cool guys. I appreciate that. So those of you listening are potentially overlapping there. So that's really awesome. Um, yeah. So that's- That'd be great. Stop by. Say hi. <laughs> All right, guys. If you guys are driving, uh, so I'm going to get this out uh, on time. So if you guys are driving to the Arnold right now, if you guys are listening to this on your way, one, be safe and two, go check these guys out and check out uh, their shit going down at the Arnold, their seminar that goes to some charity. 
some charity. All right, guys. We'll figure it out. <laughs> See you guys. Hey guys, Austin here. Thank you again for listening into the episode. It means a lot. If you can, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the podcast a five-star review. This does help us grow and be found by others. Also, just wanted to mention, if you guys are interested in free education based around training and nutrition, be sure to check out physiquedevelopment.com backslash free education, where you'll find free downloads, videos, articles, etc. No strings attached. Again, thank you. Chat soon.